Welcome to Sportsy. Let's talk sports. After talking to so many people, today we have somebody with us who is so passionate about the indigenous sports. We have CEO of Ultimate Kho Kho League, Tenzing Niyogi. Tenzing is a seasoned sports media and entertainment leader. He has done over 750 live events in sports. He started his career with golf, moved on to kabaddi, and from there now to kho kho. he believes in three application of three r's in his life is resilience reach and revenue we have with us ceo of ultimate coco league tenzin niyogi discussing what it takes to build a sustainable business sustainable sports business and what it takes to build grow an indigenous sport thank you for watching thank you for liking and thank you for sharing but please do subscribe on our channel sportsy says and help us spread the word about sportsy we go with the same handle sportsy says across all the social media platform help us spread the word about sportsy by subscribing on his channel hi tenzing it is great to have you on sportsy where we talk about sports and who better that uh, i can talk to if you're talking about indigenous sports and uh, somebody who is the ceo of the ultimate coco league great to have you tenzing Thank you, Sid. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. So, uh, for the viewers, uh, we have uh, Tenzing Niyogi with us. He's a seasoned sports media entertainment leader, and his specialty is over hundred, probably over seven hundred live events that he has done. Uh, he goes with the mantra of uh, three R's: resilience, reach, and revenue. And I think those are three things which are very, very crucial for growing the sports industry. And uh, he has taken something on. on himself uh, which is a great property with amazing partner is kokho getting the second best or probably two of the uh, tagging sports in india to this level and uh, launching ultimate kokho league and recently just uh, recently they signed up uh, broadcaster as well with sony so great going uh, tenzing thank you now my first question you have an amazing journey uh, from sports to media to entertainment a live event uh what did you learn in the journey how did it happen well uh, it all started off me being a cricketer uh at under 13 under 16 19 i played sgfi went into the sports hostel and uh, from there of course uh, you know there was only one perspective that we had to do something in sports so i uh, enrolled myself into the first sports management course in india called uh, iswpm in kolkata okay and uh, we were the first batch coming out of uh, out of that institute um, immediately got into tiger sports marketing uh, <clears throat> and uh, tiger sports was a fabulous fabulous ground to sort of learn because first year i didn't have a respite i worked 365 days a year five days of working and two days of golf uh so we were doing close to about 120 odd corporate events the pgai tour those days mm-hmm. uh, the amateur tour the junior tour the ladies tour so uh, close to about 250 odd events a year wow. uh, and uh, it was uh, sort of all access to all the departments so it was marketing operations sponsorship sales finance um proposal making client servicing so and so forth so 
that was great from uh, Tiger Sports. One uh, went off to uh, Muscat in Oman, uh, heading an SBU of my then managing director, Brandon, uh, launched uh, OER CEO Golf, which is a fabulous place in the yeah. in the middle of nothing in Middle East. Yeah. Uh, spent about a year there, came back, uh, joined in global sport with Mahesh, uh, did golfing there, did a lot of celeb management there. Went on to uh, Sport 18, CNBC, uh, was part of the founding team, launched uh, Cyclothons in India, which was a great, great achievement for all of us. Uh, were the broadcast partners for uh, long distance running, got golf into India because CNBC was the official broadcast partners with PGTI those days. And that happened, we got ASL on board with a, with a record number of title sponsorships. So that was a big, big deal. Five-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. And then from there, uh, went on to lead Ten Golf, uh, India's only premier golf channel. And those those years, uh, it was the most expensive channel in per subscriber per month. Um, got about two and a half million subscribers. Put it across 267 golf clubs, including the 4G golf clubs. Uh, got into distribution, understood broadcast, understood uh, broadcast management. Uh, distribution again, of course, was a fabulous thing because selling golf in the interiors of India was a fabulous experience. Uh, it's it's difficult, and selling non-grading genre is, is has always been a sort of challenging process. From there, I went on to lead uh, uh, a SaaS-based sponsorship evaluation software in uh, based out of Montreal called Sponsorium. Had international clients in Mastercard, HSBC, Coca-Cola, Rugby Sevens. Uh, fabulous software there, way ahead of its time in my mind. Uh, great for the Western market, Latin market. Um, then from there, of course, got into my own consultancy leading on to Ernst & Young, EY in Mumbai. I uh, was heading the sports advisory practice for India Middle yeah. East. Fabulous job there, great, you know, massive outlay that you, you will understand that completely. Uh, and that is where I dwelled upon this one thought amongst all the other things that uh, we were involved with. Uh, I wanted to build a league, uh, you know, dreamt of creating a league, curating a league. And I uh, put a few things in the paper, me and my team, uh, came up with the concept, named it Ultimate Coco. Uh, I still have that presentation with me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, from there, uh, started tapping in the federations, the, you know, the government licensing, uh, didn't see the light of the day, light at the end of the tunnel for close to about seven, eight months, kept yeah. persisting, eventually uh, landed up with a meeting with Mr. Sudan Shumitil, uh, Coco Federation president, had a meeting with him, half an hour power pack meeting, uh, we exchanged a few numbers, and uh, he said, can you get me an investor? I said, okay, I'll try and sent a few messages. Amit Berman happened to be one of them. Uh, he responded back immediately uh, with all kudos to him because uh, he's always been a man with a foresight in terms of sports investments. Yeah. Yeah. So he messaged and uh, within 15 days, uh, we had a deal on the table. And in my mind, uh, it is one of the biggest non-cricketing sports deal in the history of Indian ecosystem. Yeah. And, uh, so. Uh, read about it with uh, uh, Mr. Berman's <laughs> interviews and everything I read about it that he yeah. said I, I don't think I, it could have been any other sport but Coco to put my bet on 
and uh, what he has built on. So uh, I think this is this is an amazing journey, and I think this is just a start as we as we speak right now. It just the broadcasting deal that just happened, and uh, it is uh, it's second half of the year when we see the actual the action. Uh, but as, as we say, right? How does it feel to head amazingly international sport like golf? From there to Khalsa Warrior Kabaddi, and right. from there to building a more indigenous sport like Kho Kho. Uh, what are the different emotions that go through uh, when you have this kind of uh, path? See, I think uh, it's, you know, come to think of it, it's been quite an incredible journey uh, from the fastest, from rather the slowest possible television sport to, in my mind, one of the fastest sports in television. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I always uh, sort of try and sum it up that way. Uh, golf was uh, a sport which is fairly uh, individualistic. You also play uh, and you're the only competitor of yourself. You know, that's what the sport teaches you. Luckily, I had to learn the sport in order to sell it. Uh, and that was the beauty of that. Um, well, golf in India has always been, uh, because of the lack of infrastructure and lack of public courses in India, uh, it's been fairly restricted towards the corporate level. Uh, the amateur tours are fabulous. The, the junior tours used to run fabulous. Uh, I'm not aware as to what, how they're being run now. Uh, IGU was a was a you know was the biggest uh, sort of helping hand under the IOA. Uh, and from a PGTI PGAI perspective, uh, few of, there was a year when there was a few parallel bodies running, but. End of the day, I think uh, it was run very professionally, and it. it I, I started my journey when Pro uh, Golf Association. The overall tour was, you know, the prize money of the overall tour was about fourteen lakhs, mm -hmm. and when I left it, it was fifteen or seventeen crores. Uh, so that's the journey I did in golf. Uh, but what I understood was that after a while, when you're trying to sell golf in a market like India. Uh, it becomes uh, slightly difficult because a lot of people don't play it. And yeah. when you don't play it, you don't understand the emotion of that particular sport. So it was always linked to the metros and the sub-metros. Barring a few uh, courses, which are close to about 100-odd courses, which the Indian Army owns, in um, you know cantonments which are spread all across India. So the you know the the four Gs were playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Never could massify it, and that was the issue with that. And that reflected very well in the revenues which were being driven from golf, mm -hmm. whether it was the USGA tour or the Euro Euro tour or you know the Asian tour, um, uh, the Ryder Cup or anything or the Presidents Cup. All the rights we had in ten golf was difficult to sell. Cut to. Khalsa Warrior was a different ball game altogether. I chanced upon it. Um, and that was circle style Kabaddi, which I believed was a fabulous format because it was man-to-man -man combat in the yeah. purest sense. It was not even tag. It was seven people on the other side, but if you tag one, it's a one-on-one -on -one battle. Yeah. Uh, so um, that was there, but they had grand plans, uh, which never worked out. They wanted an, sort of an IPTL equivalent uh, sort of a format uh, traveling into five countries. Yeah. We did launch it in London in the O2 arena, which is great. Uh, India played Pakistan. Uh, there were Spaniards who were playing it, big bulky guys. Uh, but the end of the day, uh, because of the ground, the, the court was so big, uh, it could not be captured on television properly. 
Interesting. And I've always believed in the fact that if you have to succeed in a country like India or any other country, which is maybe the BRICS, for example. So I believe that Latam Brazil, Sao Paulo is the nearest competitor to yeah. us. It's the exact dimension, the demography, the economics of the country. Because we are much higher, but in terms of the per capita income, we are you know, quite similar. So it's Mexico, right? So, you know, these are the examples which I've always taken in my career to say that how can it work there in Latam, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, from that perspective, you always have to have a closer arena sport, a fast-paced spectacle, which has to be magic on air. And that's where uh, I believe that when, of course, when Kabaddi came in 2014, a lot of people had thought about it in 2008. I can tell you that uh, me and a couple of my friends and my erstwhile CEO, we had conceptualized the Kabaddi League in 2009. Wow. And uh, we had done the complete dipstick, the insights, Unfortunately, we didn't get a green light from our top management then, yeah. and somebody else got it. Uh, it's all about first mover. It's all about building a right product at the right time. And I think that's what happened with Coco, with us. Uh, we did work very, very hard in order to build the format well. Uh, and when I saw it for the first time in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a city called Ichil Karanji, you'll be aware of that. Yeah. It was maddening because we, what I witnessed was just... Uh, magic you know it was it was out of this world 40000 people thronging to just watch one match being played of coco in clay and not even arena style seating uh, it was just out of this world just standing next to the line yeah they're just standing next to the line and it's a 5 rupee ticket price and they're just standing there it's out of nowhere you get this and they're playing under halogen lamps that's the day i believed that you know this is a spectacle sport and it can be created for on-air purposes. You just have to create the proper structure and proper process. You have to create the right camera angles. And this is the journey which I would say what I've realized from stationary cameras in golf mm -hmm. to long shots in World Kabaddi League to close-up shots now in Ultimate Coco. Wow. The progression is has been very organic, but it is all very driven towards massifying particular product which can be consumed by all age groups and that is what i believe ultimate coco is all about wow this this is so good the way you look i, I think when you at one time you were saying that the field is too big for to capture the eyeball i was going to ask whether the coco field is bigger that is the first question but i think the, uh, you did not give me a chance to answer, ask the question later <laughs> the way you explained it i think that was that was fabulous uh, because i i grew i grew up uh, playing uh Playing Coco, I come from Virar uh, Virar area, which is uh, in Mumbai. So, right. uh, so we used to we used to have something called Vasai Vasai Kalakada Motsav, which is like 40, 50, 60,000 people used to participate. And the sports division, wow. the Kabaddi was the sorry, Coco was the biggest event uh, that I can we imagine. have, and uh, all clay under the halogen. What you're saying, it it just made me nostalgic of my school days of playing there right. at, at, at the district level games, and uh, I think that is. That is one game I always thought that after Kabaddi, why why nobody talking about Coco? But uh, probably I think that we were waiting for you to make it happen. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, as you said, right, uh, the Coco is uh, so fast paced, and I think it is probably the fast the, the fastest game that gets played in India. Uh, if uh, at at the at the team level or at the tag level uh, that you're talking about, uh, mm -hmm. but. 
when you saw that uh, the way kabaddi was growing did it give you more hope to make uh, hoko more successful because the way kabaddi grew so i, I don't want to compare it somewhere but obviously there is a benchmark always happen that we are sports industry people you want to make sure commercialization happen the visibility happens so how did you actually look at the the pkl uh, to plan the ultimate kokho uh, well uh, see without a doubt uh today if we are all heading towards a multi sport nation which all of us including you myself and the overall ecosystem i talk to my friends i'm sure you talk to your colleagues and friends we all gunning towards one aim which is a multi sport nation in india cricket has dominated us for way too long uh and this is coming from an ex cricketer who still plays cricket right uh but the fact is what pro kabaddi league has done you cannot take it away it's second to none it's fabulous the way charu sharma and mr mahindra conceptualized it how star took it and how they built an a property which is you know which is consumed by by every possible indian and they connect with it uh, because it is the mitti ka khel uh when i saw kokho my first reaction was exactly what you said i believe that there is a coexistence format which should be available in india why should kabaddi be compared to kokho to a wrestling to a basketball to a volleyball why there are our countries with 1.4 billion people we've got at least 7 or 8 indigenous sports out of which 3 have now taken shape and i believe that there is a pure sense of collaboration that can be created I, it was heartening to have a chat with anupam goswami the other other day uh, while i was uh, in a cii panel and and the way he appreciated uh, our efforts was was just very very heartening to see the fact that you know two collaborators are talking about the growth of sports in india rather than particular yeah. leagues exactly yeah. uh, the learnings from kabaddi are manifold uh which everybody knew yes right so there is nothing which is hidden it's all in the public domain what was important for us it ultimate coco was the fact that how do we differentiate it okay. uh there is a sense of nostalgia with coco um people as soon as we say coco they do a quick 5 second trip back and come back and saying that yes i know what you're talking about the the one thing which i have guarded very closely to my heart is the fact that there is not too much of material on the net if you go out right yes. now and i believe that that is a very advantageous position for ultimate coco today yeah. because nobody knows how ultimate coco is going to pan out on air and that's where the big magic lies that's where the spectacle lies okay. so we are still guarding it and we've been successful till now uh we shall you know come out with the teasers very soon and then people will get to know as to what sort of dimensions are they look talking about but uh from a growth standpoint we believe that ultimate coco uh will be touching across as i call bharat the hinterland uh which is where numbers lie which is where fmcgs go which is where pocket wallets go which is where mo- mobile tire manufacturers all the brands which are trying to expand themselves post covid pre covid that is where business lies correct having said the four metros and sub metros are where ad sales revenues coming from 
right? And that is where our silver lining is going to come in from Ultimate Coco, for which we've done manifold concept thinking, format changes, tweaks, but very, very specifically kept the orthodox format alive. We do not, that is sacrosanct. You cannot play around with that. And for me as a sportsman, and that's what I believe is, is uh, an important part of my journey is that I understand an athlete's mind. You know, you cannot change everything in a format and expect that particular athlete to come across and uh, perform. You know, so uh, we've had workshops with players in the last uh, two years with the format changes. We've always taken their point of view. We've taken the point of view of the Federation, not only the Federation, but the state federations. Uh, there are conflicting times at times where people say do this or do that, but we take our own decisions. End of the day, what we saw with Kabaddi was the camera going from right to left or left to right because the size of the court is much smaller, much smaller. than compared to a Coco. But in Coco, things are slightly different. So uh, we're looking at creating some magic moments out of five or six spectacle moments, mm -hmm. which will uh, you know build that stickiness on air and make an eight-year-old to an 80-year-old saying that, yes, I will come back tomorrow at uh, and I think uh, on, on the same line, uh, I was reading that you actually had uh, in Chan, if I'm not wrong, you actually simulated the whole situation with uh, we did. With, uh, with all the players who are going to play and uh, made them feel the, the feel of arena. Absolutely. The, I, I don't think anybody else had done it uh, before. I, uh, I, in my recent memory, I don't know anyone has done it. We actually came over this thought in the month of August 2020 in, in midst of COVID when nobody was taking any steps and uh, us along with Coco Federation of India, we decided that we'll get the top 150 athletes, uh, 120 boys, 30 girls to an uh, a bio bubble of sorts, which is Manav Rachna Institute, Faridabad in this case. Uh, uh, Mr. Amit Bhalla has been a great, great supporter of Coco. Uh, so we got them there. 15th of Jan, we launched a high performance training camp under the blessings of uh, Honorable Sports Minister, Mr. Rijuju. Uh, we did that. Suresh Raina was there, Mohamed Chami was there, Sushil Kumar was there. It was fabulous. But India defeated Australia at GABA that day. Yeah. And we thought that we've lost all media. But that's where, you know, the proof of the pudding comes in. The media has been so kind that the very next day, we were splashed across 250 online articles, about close to about 75, 80 print articles, and then boom, suddenly it just took off everywhere. All these players were taken care of from the biometrics to the before after physicality, to their grooming sessions, to explaining them how we will be addressing the media, so and so forth, and there were multiple of these matches. Finally, 15th of Feb, we actually did a before after and we created a four day match like scenario simulation at Indira Gandhi Stadium with lights, camera, action. And three production agencies came to us to showcase and pitch to us as to what the right camera angles would be while we were sitting at the PCR and watching the match live, which was happening. <laughs> so we wanted to be ahead of the curve. By end of Feb, we wanted to know how this product looks step one, draft one on air. So what we did was we viewed that not on a giant screen, but on a television in the PCR room. That's how India is going to consume Ultimate Coco. Correct. Yeah. When the players saw it, uh, they were just 
you know, flabbergasted. They, they just could not believe their own eyes. They said, Aisa bhi hota hai. and we said that ultimate cocoa is going to be 10 notches higher than this. So brace yourself and, uh, and your professional athletes, you know, uh, you are, you're the future of cocoa in India. And that was the sense which I wanted to give to the players that without you, there is nothing. That is very, very important. While there is sports administration, there is business, there's commerce, there's economics, there's revenue model. All of that is nothing without the athletes. And I think that is something which I'm really proud of that we passed on that message and communicated that to the players and the coaches and the officials. So now there and there's as we speak, there's a coaching camp going on for the coaches and the technical officials right now, where we are testing our new sports dashboard, scoring dashboard. Wow, I think uh, I have on been part of my. You you are in the sports industry for quite some time than me, but last eight nine years that I have been part of, I, I don't think I have not come across anybody who has thought of so many things that I want to launch a a perfect product on day one. Yes, there will be improvements. You always there are. That's how you grow as an athlete as well, right? We grow, but it's uh, it, it it's it's Macy's statement that right? it took me sixteen years to become overnight success. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, uh, the the whole the proof of the pudding is already there. It just have to have icing and the cherry on top, uh, which is we are waiting to see that. Uh, so, uh, I think a lot of viewers of this channel are uh, the three basically buckets that we already have. We have sports management industry professionals or the aspirants. Uh, we have athletes and the parents. And the confusion is for all all three. Uh, if you are not playing cricket. Everybody else is confused in India, as you said, right? But we are growing into multi-sports uh, thing. So from an athlete perspective that now you're saying that, okay, then you can make career in Coco. So that's a big thing that you're talking about to a tier two, tier three city. Right now it is, may not be a tier one urban, but at least tier two, tier three city, what Kabaddi did. Uh, the parents are going to feel good. Parents of athletes at the same time, parents of the people who are doing sports management MBA, they're going to feel good that there's one more 13th league now is launching, 14th league is launching in India now. And uh, there's a more career to be made. But for the sports management perspective, what are those things which are required to launch something new? It may not be at the ultimate Coco League, but you have done close to 1000 events in your life. So from your experience, what do you have to consider while launching a new property uh, in whatever capacity that you want to? What are the highest qualities that you need? Well, um... You know, giving examples from golf to to cycling to marathons to you know futsal to anything, and now to ultimate coco. Uh, I've always believed in the first piece is understanding the problem statement and the and the gap in the market. The day one gets that uh, as to what is the consumer wanting to watch, wanting to consume. Uh, is is very important. It sounds difficult and it is difficult, no doubt about that. Uh, but I believe that when we started out with our MR dipsticks in multiple cities for cocoa, we realized that there was a gap of where consumers wanted to watch something apart from Kabaddi, apart from IPL, you know, something which is more more uh, sort of compressed in an arena style but very fast paced right so uh, hence when of, and of course we had already started off with the journey but it actually 
reinitiated and sort of reiterated the thought that yes we were at the right path mm -hmm. uh, firstly it is all about understanding the problem statement right. it's very very important the other part which i've always believed is that with the problem statement how do you add value so even in corporate golf or professional golf when we were working in you know multiple of these federations uh, early on in our career we always used to create something which was a fun element where the athlete could just shed off a little bit of his professional image corporate image and just feel himself you have to make them feel comfortable the player and once the player feels it if it's televised then the audience feels it so i believe the value add was second and thirdly very importantly is the economics of it <clears throat> the commercials uh, and you have to be true to your commercials um uh, i must say this but you mentioned 14 leagues it's sad to see that only five or four of them exist in today's day yes right uh, and that's the sad scenario um, i've always believed in that fact that healthy franchise is equal to healthy league uh, and the day all of us who are in the commercial side on the business side on the economic side we are the decision makers if we start to believe in this that you know it's not about making money only it is about creating a sustainable model and that is very very important so every deal that one strikes whether it is the broadcasting deal whether it is the production deal whether it is with your franchisees teams whether you your commercial rights deal with your federation you know everybody has become smarter but if everybody has become smarter it actually gives you an opportunity to create watertight agreements which help every part of this ecosystem and that is very very critical for anyone who's trying to create a new property you know we were talking about fan engagement and i'm sure that will come about in a much larger spectrum when you start reaching if you're creating a good commercial proposal then the value of it reaches out to a much larger number and then you of course you know the the cliche of return on investment comes in right but end of the day i believe that india is now sort of turning out to be a market where new investors are looking into this market and saying that you know what hold on we understand return on investment but is this an idea which is unique than the others does this address the problem statement does this address the gap in the market and what is the value add that i get as an investor or as a stakeholder in this right and then the game of valuation begins today so i think the market is also evolved today and uh, of course the other side of the story which you asked is you know from an athlete's perspective you know again we are all getting into a multi sport nation uh, we try and create some really um, sort of comprehensive uh, yet very conservative pnls for our franchises yeah. so that they also see green and early on at the stage in their pnl in the bottom line but that also restricts a little bit from a player salary standpoint you know spending in the marketing and so on and so forth because end of the day if we can manage that then i believe that we would have created a healthy ecosystem which will run at least 20 25 years and if a league runs 20 25 years we know exactly you've done your length and breadth in the us yeah. those leagues have legacy those franchises have legacy grandfathers four grandfathers had actually watched them that is what we need in india for that this is the start yeah i think you spoke so well uh, about the the whole aspect of what it takes to build something new and uh, i think uh, one more thing is uh, 
even though this this game makes us nostalgic uh, and uh, takes us back to the roots uh, that everybody has touched upon coco so grassroots is also uh, the bottom of the pyramid is there but i think they, it has it needs to be channelized well so what are your ideas about channelizing the bottom of the pyramid for coco to get the, get give them the the elite spot bang on bang on i believe uh, you know coco kabaddi and a lot of other sports which are indigenous sport have enjoyed a massive fan following in india uh, the 2% of grassroots maybe doesn't imply here because you already have an audience which is playing all you needed was as you rightly said a structure an apex right how do you bring that bring people to that apex to that pinnacle to that tipping point and that is where ultimate coco was born to be to be fair uh, the idea was that when i dwelled into it i understood the bottom of the pyramid as to how a player's journey was happening whether he's an under 14 under 16 under 18 or senior national was he playing through the year or did he have gaps mm-hmm. for example when i was a cricketer i had i was playing delhi so i used to play first division delhi hot weather ddc hot weather but that was throughout the year and then i was playing my school tournaments sgfi and my whole year and then i was playing club cricket so i was i was engaged through the year Correct. and that was important from a from a player's journey similar was the journey with coco because as you said rightly said in virar or in ville parla in so many other areas coco enjoys a massive club culture yeah and that is the strongest bone strongest bone in the spine of coco's ecosystem in india and i am going to take care more precaution to you know curate the club culture into a larger system and i think that is a unique idea nice if okay. if it's it's not only about ultimate coco but it is also about giving back to the club saying that you belong you deserve and you are the future and with that what happens is with the club culture the players get a sustainable round of matches right. you've got your state nationals regionals clusters zonals which keeps on carrying you've got khelo india which is sgfi renewed khelo right. india now and then you've got your nationals and southeast asians and asian games and so on and so forth and then you've got a pinnacle of ultimate coco where everybody is coming there to earn money and show their prowess if they've built up well so the ground up from the bottom of the pyramid to the apex is very well defined in ultimate coco uh, brand guidelines we've we've taken care of that from the very uh, first step that we are taken that we will uh get in touch with of course coco federation of india has a huge role to play in this yeah uh with all the state federations and with club culture we also are of course giving multiple responsibilities to our franchise owners yeah to develop school contact programs in their catchment area and that is part of the responsibility mind you like what isl does and ipl does and right. it's part of the responsibility it's not a marketing activation game that one needs to play no it is Uh, and it's also not about getting bums on the seat you know from a from a ticketing revenue perspective no it is purely that you have to engage in the interiors to drive the sport and make them understand that yes you are there for them and make them feel like family and that is uh, i think one of the unique you know pointers that ultimate coco is trying to drive 
I think so well said. Uh, and uh, while you were talking, I something just uh, popping popping into my head is like I think Coco can actually ultimate Coco can actually go the NBA route, which can go at the university level and a massive uh, structure for almost eight nine months of season. Because you're talking about starting with six six franchises right now, but if the economies are good, it doesn't stop us to have twenty uh, franchises across India. Uh, for 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 game like Coco, yes, uh, cricket is different, Kabaddi is different, but Coco is probably I feel uh, can go to twenty twenty five for thirty franchises. I'm I'm sure that, that those light up your numbers I and you already have plans. Some fabulous plans on grassroots. I can't divulge it now. But yeah, I can tell you that uh, we've uh, we've tried thinking ahead of the time. We've tried thinking ahead of the curve, and we've already made them part of our uh, plans in the agreements. Yeah. Uh, and to create certain things with uh, with grassroots and uh, collegiate programs yeah uh, because that is what will make the change in indian sporting uh, culture and sporting scenario and uh, it could be four zones coming together for one ultimate kind of thing which is like a nba structure right i think that is what is is so possible what i've always believed in it so i'm so glad that we're discussing this i've always believed and you know of the concept of a feeder feeder tour yeah you know uh and surprisingly enough the only good feeder tour that indian sport had was golf is it okay yeah. golf had a fabulous feeder tour uh cricket i don't discuss cricket because it's a different monster altogether but look at the others so i believe feeder tours are so important and that's the way forward mm-hmm. you know baby leagues is something which we need to get into now yeah it's high time why is it that a kid from argentina a kid from sao paulo exactly the same economic cultures in india produce world champions and we don't in football yeah like it is because they being absorbed earlier in their life there is a culture and what all of these countries have done is that they've they've curated a wrap around around the culture the the particular sports culture which i think we have managed successfully for cricket mm-hmm. but we failed miserably to replicate that in other sports because we've been too sort of you know one sided of you know building a professional commercial platform which is i'm i'm not saying nobody is right or wrong but the fact still remains that you need to in order to create a sustainable model you have to build on the culture and uh uh the culture of a particular sport is is the next way next life because that's how you're going to take the next generation ahead and believe in the product saying that yes i can make a mark on it i think it's so so great to say that i think i have last last one or two question i'll not take more time uh, uh just last two question one is uh, probably just a simple probably simple or very tough other than kabaddi and kho kho which indigenous sports that you feel that actually has real good uh, value to come up I don't know. Do you have a list of the indigenous sports? Okay, now you put me in a spot. That is not right. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, it's it's the uh, it's the I forgot the name of that Kotu uh, or something, which is like in south, which get played and uh, there are a is, few. I'll, I'll tell you, there is there are there are a few of these. So there is this one which is played in Tripura. So if you look at indigenous sport, what I really uh, have come across in the last 2 years is the fact that northeastern india is rich yeah and for some reason 
Nobody is scared that much. Yeah. And the kind of sport that they play, I've I've uh, studied about a few of them. I don't remember the names particularly, uh, but this seemed very interesting. Very interesting. And most of them do not take too much of uh, square foot. Mm-hmm. So it's it is fairly a sort of compact uh, product if one could envision it and uh, visualize it and sort of put it uh, put it in terms but i do believe in one thing is the fact that and which which is unfortunate is the fact that indians have always been fans and followers of team sports yeah. in india right uh, as much as uh, individual sports do well in in uh multi sport big ticket events in olympics or commonwealth uh, you know they they come back and they sort of fall short because of that four year period yeah. when there's nothing to be seen and uh, it it purely comes in from a brand imagery standpoint endorsement standpoint few of the brands and few of the agencies have done fabulous with these individual athletes you know keep yeah. them in the market keep them in the running keep them in contention for brands uh scoring in monies which is important because you know that's how aspiration is built up but overall for some reason indians have always been sort of uh more pro towards team sports and more pro towards team sports which win gold medals right, right? so right. yeah so that, hence again i'm i'm not trying to tilt it towards ultimate coco because i believe that that's one of the areas but i so wish that one day we bring other sporting cultures uh, across and create certain you know sustainable models across the year where people as consumers do consume it a b also understand the fact that you know it's not a one off thing you know yeah. it is it is a it is a career which can be sort of you know curated and you know our kids can tomorrow play xyz sport barring cricket and make make a career out of it and not only play that but make a career out of it from a professional standpoint and uh, i think yeah but uh, indigenous sport i don't have a name unfortunately but uh, but i but do we have many i think uh, uh, what we know is many, that many and i'm i'm saying that you know if anyone um, you know whoever are the listeners of this particular uh, you know, channel i'm sure there'll be a lot of them who will be now trying to google get yeah. into the- side of uh, indigenous sport because there is some in my mind it is a gold mine and uh, that part of the country uh not just because my name is tenzing <laughs> but also yeah. because i've traveled that part and uh, i believe that that part of our country is untouched correct uh, the nature and the talent so uh, i believe that is one area that uh, if one is thinking about uh, creating something go northeast Yeah, and uh, I, I, you just said this, and for ten minutes back, you spoke about how to build a new property in India. So I think somebody is listening, and they're smart enough to combine these two together. I think they got their MBA dose uh, right away here. Uh, so I think my last last question to you is: uh, You had a f- phenomenal career, and it's a long way to go, but uh, the career itself is amazing with sporting and developing and everything, uh, media, entertainment, live events. What are the three qualities that a person needs to possess to have a career which is similar or have a satisfying correct career in the in sports and not as an athlete the other side question that's a very difficult question uh, and normally i'm very bad at answering these but uh, if 
I won't go with the number three, but I'll tell you the first thing which is important, which one should have in any uh, uh, in any part of any vertical of life, is the sense of persistence. Uh, that is number one in my mind, uh, which has a lot of abbreviations in terms of strong will, uh, not letting go, you know. Uh, winner attitude there are multiple things but i just put it as persistence uh, if one believes in persistence and you believe in your product then i think uh, you you pretty much go to the go the distance uh, second one actually the first one i would rather put is dream big yeah i have always dreamt big for whatever it is worth and uh, it is it, it ideas could be anything they could be, you know, it could be, uh, you know, never undermine your ideas. But uh, the idea is that, you know, always dream big from that perspective. Uh, and the third one is to be, try and create unique uh, propositions, yeah, uh, which in my mind is very important. When you start thinking unique, it automatically takes care of the commercial side of it. You know, because when you try and create something unique, it need not necessarily always be cost cognizant or cost efficient. There are certain ideas which need funding. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, nothing, not everything has to start off from a garage, Correct. right? In order to make it become successful. But dream, persisting, and uniqueness, uh, these three attributes in my mind uh, can be taken into any successful business yeah. whether it is tesla whether it is apple whether it is homegrown pantaloons to reliance to anyone yeah. you know uh, to the right brothers who launched it you know the question is that and which what i would like to tell our listeners here is that try and focus on why then what in your life Nice. Uh, what is a byproduct of why? If you know why are you there, what is the need, what is the desire, what is the vision, then I think the what is taken care of. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, having a clear definition of why do you exist, what is the purpose of your existence, what is the difference that you're going to make mm -hmm. is more important than what. Wow. I, I, I've excellent. I think I wouldn't have, believe me, I wouldn't have ended this chat on any better note. Uh, this is because finally you're talking about the qualities you're talking about the, the question why I think that is very, very crucial. People have to ask it's, it's as good as doing your own SWOT analysis, right? It is like you need to ask the question why. Uh, uh, so I think very well said, I think Fun, it's like fun talking to you, phenomenal talking to you, and wish you all the best with the Ultimate Coco League. And just waiting to see uh, on on the TV with Sony the few months from now. Uh, but uh, all the best and uh, looking forward to it. Thank you, thank you, Sid. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Lovely set of questions and um, had super fun. Thank you. Yeah, my my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for liking and thank you for sharing. But please do subscribe on our channel Sports C Sales and help us spread the word about Sports C. We go with the same handle Sports C Sales across all the social media platforms. Help us spread the word 
about Sportsy by subscribing on his channel. Mm-hmm.